Good morning. I wanted an introduction, but they put that up, so. All right, I'm just going to pray real quick. Father God, I just thank you for this time, Lord God. I thank you for everyone that's here right now, Lord. I thank you for the worship, Father God, that we just experienced, Lord God, in you. Father, you see every heart, Lord God. You see every trouble. You see every situation, Father God, that seems out of our control, Lord God. Every situation that seems dry, Lord God. Every situation that seems like there's no life in it, Father God. But I thank you, Lord God, that brings life to everything, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God. That those who are hurting today, those who are broken, those who are confused, Father God, that you will use me, Father God, to bring light to the, their situation, to bring hope to their situation. Father, you are a good God and you are a good Father. And I pray that you will have your way today in the name of Jesus. Amen. I was given a task at my job. I had to uh, take care of a couple of plants. And that was a bad thing, a decision, right? So my boy said, I want you to take care of these three plants. They're like, one is a palm tree. One is, we call the sticks. It was like three sticks. I don't know. I think it's a palm tree stick, but it was like three curved sticks. And it was like, a, you know, those weeds plants that kind of grow a lot, the green. We had that. So my job was to water it, put like, a, you know, what is it? I'm going to say bird food, but plant food in there. And these things were dying. I don't know what, what was I doing wrong. Somebody told me maybe you're watering it too much. Maybe you need to just wait like 10 days. So I waited 10 days and then water again. It didn't make a difference. This thing kept dying. I put it in the street for the sun to hit it, thinking that the sun would help it. It didn't help. It made it worse. So I didn't know what to do. So I, long, you know, short, long story short, uh, one of them died, the plants. So I got tired of taking care. I just cut it up and broke it. My boss was upset about it. And then one of them, the sticks, the one we call the sticks, I started, like, taking care of it. You know, like, I was actually talking to it when I went to work in the morning. You know, I hear people talk to plants and stuff. So I was like, good morning, you know. Good morning, how you doing? And just give me water now. You know, like, doing silly things like that. This thing in four months out of sticks, I don't know. It, it didn't, you know, you look for a little bud to come out. I didn't see no bud. Next thing you know, I came in the weekend. This thing was fully, like, leaved. And every day I see more and more leaves pop out of it. And then people say, oh, you got a new plant? And I said, no, that's the sticks. That's the sticks that I've been taking care of. And one of the things that God has been speaking to me about is that some things look dead. Some things look like I put effort to it and I try to work it and I try to speak to it. Like I speak to the plants. I try to speak to it, try to water it. And for some reason, nothing happens. But God said there's a season when the harvest comes. And some of the things that we do to make things work will come to pass. And some of the things that we had no part in will come to pass as well. And God is saying that the harvest is time to harvest. It's time to look at these situations that seem like they're dead. And you've been speaking to them for so long. And God is saying, I'm about to bring a harvest to your situation. I believe God has a great word for us today. You know, I was doing a lot of studying for this. I, I, I actually changed it on Wednesday. I was fasting on Wednesday. God said, whatever you're supposed to talk about, I want you to talk about that. I want you to let the church know a harvest is coming to the church. A harvest is coming to your own personal lives. Amen? Um, in John 4, I'm just going to, I have this portion of scripture I want to read, but the, the, I don't want to read the whole scripture because it's mad long. But in the beginning, Jesus is talking at the well. He gets tired, so he walks to this well to get a drink of water. He finds a Samaritan woman there. And he asks her for a drink. 
And they're asking her to drink. You know, Samaritans and Jews didn't really get along. They didn't really talk to each other. And she was surprised at why you asked me for water. And he said, if you would have known who you're asking, you would have asked me for a drink. So long, long story short, he actually, um, she, gets, she asks him about uh, um, salvation and stuff, like about he's the Messiah. I'm going to read that portion. It's starting at verse 25. It says, the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. The one is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus then told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find them talking to the woman. But none of them had the, had the nerve to ask. This is the NLT I'm reading from. What to, uh, what to, never nerve to ask what to do or with her. Why are what, what, excuse me, I read that wrong. What to do when you want with her, what? There goes those, those things I have sometimes. Let me skip that. Why are you talking? They, they didn't know what to do in a situation. The actual woman, you know, you're not supposed to be with her. So they turn to bug her like, why is he talking to that girl right there? You know, why is he, <laughs> what's he doing there? So nobody had the nerve to say anything to him. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. Because obviously he was on a long journey. So they knew that he was probably be hungry. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring, bring him food when they were, where, while we were gone? This is the disciples. You notice every time in the, in the word, these guys are asking these crazy questions. Because they have no understanding what's going on, right? It's like us a lot of times, right? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Who sent me and to finish his work. You know the saying, four months between planting the harvest. That kind of reminded me of that, that stick I was taking care of. But I say, I, say, I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the plant and the harvesters alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. But this is, the, this is the point of scripture that I want you guys to understand today. I sent you to the harvest where you did not plant. Others have already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Jesus is making a comparison to the, the Samaritans that heard the story of that woman and heard, heard that he, he knew everything about her. You know the story about the five, she had five husbands and the, uh, something like that. Like, none of them are hers, you know. She was like Jezebeling out there, right? And as she was doing that, he called out on that. She said, we're waiting for a Messiah that will tell us all things. And for some reason, you told me all things about myself. So as the word got back to the people in Samaria, they started coming to hear. They want to hear this story. And Jesus used a comparison of like, look, a field is full of plants and growing. He said, these people right now, somebody went and harvested those things. Somebody went and planted a seed, which was Jesus and that lady going back to say, hey, you know what? I think this is the Messiah. So a harvest was coming. He's using a comparison of a harvest of all these people coming in to, to, to see Jesus. And he's saying, you know what? You didn't put the work in to do that, but you're about to harvest those people. You're about to teach them and show them the word. You're about to tell them about Jesus. You're about, you're about to do everything that you, you, you would think that I have to do outside. God, so I'm about to bring it to you. In your jobs, God's about to bring people around you where you're about to harvest something from them. You ever tell, I, I went to Puerto Rico one time and I was, uh, there was like kenebas on the tree, but they told me it's not ripe not to eat it, right? So, you know me, I, mean, I was young. I just took it off the tree and started cracking it and eating it open. This thing tastes so dry. It tastes like you ever, <laughs> I used to do crazy things when I was a kid. You ever lick a roll on deodorant? You ever do that? The, uh, uh, <laughs> deodorant, <laughs> it tastes so dry and funny, right? A roll on deodorant is supposed to dry you out so you don't sweat. So, imagine what it does to your taste buds. 
It totally dried me out when I licked that thing. It was used too. God forbid. Anyway, this is what happens is, this is why we want people to come to the youth meetings. We don't want to stay at home licking, roll on deodorants. That's what I did with my time at home. But it was so dry. It left like a dry, bitter taste in my mouth. How many times we went out and started preaching the gospel or sharing messages with family members, and it just left you feeling like God didn't come through and left you bitter? How many times you're doing the, you, you believe you're doing the work of the Lord, and you're reaching out to people, and you're doing ministry, and you feel dry inside? Jesus said there's a nourishment. A lot of us are, are malnourished. Because we're doing things in the, in the kingdom that has nothing to do with what God tells us to do. He wants us to continue the work that he started, which is reaching souls and reaching lives. Yeah, we got jobs. Yeah, we got family. My wife's, what's my wife's favorite line, right? I got five kids. I got five kids. <laughs> we got five kids. So, so there's always so many things you have to do. There's so many responsibilities you have. But somewhere along the line, we get lost of what our purpose is and come to God. So when I was preparing this, I was asking God, I said, Lord... What is it you want from me? People say, you know, what would Jesus do? A lot of times we can't do what Jesus did. Because when there's a storm in the water, you're not going to walk out in the storm and tell the storm to stop. Because you're going to drown and die, right? There are some things that was a perfect appointed time, a thing for him to do. And it's a perfect thing that we're supposed to do. If we ask God, say, Lord, what what do you want me to do? He's going to tell you, I want you to continue the work that I started. And whatever influence, whatever situation, whatever position you're in, he wants you to do the work of the Lord there. If you're in your job, you want to minister. I have family members that I want them to find Jesus. I pray about them all the time. I don't, I don't force it. I'm not that type of guy when they come to my house and say, you serve the Lord, Jesus, Lord. I don't do that. I just spend time with them and hang out. And if occasionally invite them to church, hey, you want to come to church? You know, you want, you know, God is, God loves you, you know. They try to like keep it simple so I don't feel like they will run away and never come back. But my heart is crying out for those people, like my family and people that I know that don't know Jesus, the people that are around me all the time. And I told God, I said, what is it you want from me? I got so much frustration sometimes. A lot of us are driving. I've been hearing about a lot of these um, um, people in the, in, the, in the kingdom of God have been walking away from God. Elect people. The Bible says in the last days, even the very elect will turn. And a lot of elect people, people that we've seen as high people in the, in the things of God are walking away from God. What's got them to the place where they walk away from God and they're so dried out? What is it that they, 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 we find ourselves doing where we're no longer doing the work of the Lord, but we're just busy in church? The Lord told me that he said that when I was praying, the Lord said, I'm about to bring a harvest in. And you hear this, you know, a lot of times we, we're, we're, we get like hopeful sometimes. And, we, and I was telling um, Eli on the restaurant the other day, I was like, yo, remember in Avengers Endgame? He's like, man, you always got some movie reference. And Avengers Endgame, one of the guys, Hawkeye, he was out there killing. He lost his family and everything. And he was out there killing everybody, killing all these samurais or something like that. I don't know, Chinese mafia. And um, one of the girls comes and she says, um, he turns around, he takes his hood off. He says, he says, don't give me hope. He didn't want hope. He didn't want in that situation, he didn't want to be told that there's a chance that he can get this back. He didn't want that. So he said, don't give me hope. And she said, I wish I could have gave it to you earlier. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, Jesus is not saying that to us. But, God, but I feel like to myself, like I was that girl saying, I'm sorry I didn't give that to you earlier. I'm sorry that sometimes we, we, we do the work of the Lord, but we forget what our responsibility is. And our responsibility is to build the kingdom up. My responsibility is to disciple you. My responsibility is when I see someone in the street to give an opportunity for them to find Jesus. 
The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And a lot of times when you're praying for family members or praying for people, you say, Lord, why is nothing happening? But you know, a lot of times it's because no one else is preaching to them and no one else is watering them. Imagine if 10 of us would go out in the streets or 10 of us would go in our jobs and make a change. Can you imagine like 307 people in this place if we did that? If we would take up the thing, the Bible says, I'm read the scripture to you real quick. One second. It's in Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. It says, then Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into the harvest. You know how many people, I don't remember ever praying that in my life. But you know how many people are actually praying for those things? And by default, the Lord said, I'm going to use sanctuary fellowship to bring in that harvest. He's calling us today to take up our, our mantle and labor with him in the, in the gospel. He's calling us today to say, you know what? I'm going to put aside all these feelings and all these negative things that I have and take up my cross and say, no, Lord, there's people that need to hear you. Someone spoke the gospel to you, right? Someone shared the message to you or somebody invited you to church and now you're serving God. But what about other people that are outside? So God said, you know what? I'm going to bring them to you. He sees inside of us, just like the woman and she was dealing with all these husbands and doing all this stuff. God knows us. He knows where you stand in your walk. He knows where, you, where your sin is. He knows where your brokenness is and he still says, I choose you. I choose you to bring in this end time harvest. I choose you to bring life to people where there's darkness. I was reading a scripture where it says, um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. How many of us were speaking death for so long in our lives? The Bible says there's a consequence to that. So in other words, if I'm speaking life to you or sharing things for you, there's a consequence that I'm going to reap what life brings. But if I'm speaking death, well, God can't do this and he can't do that. And this is never going to happen. I hate this and this is whack and all this stuff like that. You're going to reap a consequence from that. But even in God's faithfulness and mercy, he still says, I choose you. So how do we prepare for that? How do we prepare for a harvest? I have no idea. I'm being honest. But God is going to bring an individual harvest to each one of your lives. And everyone you encounter, God's going to give an opportunity for you to speak. There's two things that are happening here. Number one, they're right for the calling of God. They're right for you to speak the message of Jesus Christ so they can be saved. The other thing is you're ripe. And you're ready. But I don't know all the word. I don't know all the Bibles. I don't know all this stuff. I don't know how to do these things. But God said, but you're ready for it. Because you know Jesus. And you know he's good in your life. And when you share that message of how good he is in your life to someone else, they're going to want to know. Just like the Samaritan people said, look, I heard what you're saying. But I want to go see for myself. And so many people are about to come in in your life. They say, I heard about this for so long. But I want to see for myself. And when they hear out your mouth the good things of God and the goodness of God, when they hear from the Pope, when they hear from your friends, when they hear your own individual testimonies that I can't, probably couldn't go through what you went through, and they start hearing these things, life is going to come to them. It's time to get good fruit come out of this situation. I know we've been dry. I know a lot of us have been dry for so long. I hear a lot of conversations. Sometimes they're not even godly anymore because people are dried out. People are tired. But if you, Jesus found nourishment in, in preaching the gospel and showing the, the good news. 
You ever go out and you, I don't know about you, this is something I do. If I'm, I went, I went with my wife and she was doing like a, a I don't know, what was it, preaching? A testimony in the park. We was in the park. The first thing I do when I got to the park, there was a couple of ladies there. When I got to the park, I felt weird. I was like, I felt a fish out of water. I was like, what am I doing here? So me, I'm like scamming the area, seeing thugs are coming out all over the place. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I know how to preach the gospel. I know how to share a thing. But I've been so out of that for so long that I didn't know how to respond in that situation. And as you kept, my wife kept speaking and sharing her testimony and carrying testimony. And then, like, no one was really outside, but you know, there's people listening because the speaker was like a ghetto blaster. And everybody could hear everything. And then she was ministering, something was like stirring in me and stirring in me. And I was like, I forgot about this. I forgot what this looks like. I forgot what this feels like. Not to say we don't minister the gospel to people, but to people that don't know Jesus, it's a whole other story. A lot of times we get scared of that because I say, like, you're in church, that means you want it. That means you're coming here for an answer. So it seems a little easier to minister to somebody. But it's very difficult to minister to somebody outside that they don't know it. But I'm going to tell you, it's actually not difficult. It's actually easier to minister out on the street than it is in the church. You know why? Because where sin abound, much more grace is there for us. And as you go out on your job, you, start, you, you may be timid and afraid and, and, and too scared to speak to somebody. But when you, you should know that there's so much grace out there for you. When you start to speak it, that things are going to happen. And you got to know that this is a harvest season for us. It could be for the whole body of Christ, but I know God's speaking directly to us in this church. I remember coming years ago, I remember when I first came to this church, I was, um, uh, I was you know, we went, there was a meeting, a prayer meeting or something like that. And I remember I, I said, I have a word. You know, I never got words like give a prophecy word or be like that. And I said, I had a word. I remember Mark, um, he said, oh, oh, hold on a second. Wait one second. We was praying in the front. I don't know if you remember this. And that's when the office is right here. And he said, come with me. And when I came in, the whole staff was there inside the room. And I was like, oh, this is not what I wanted. I, I, I was going to tell you, and you can tell somebody. I don't know these people. And I remember the prophecy I was giving was about people lined up on the street, waiting to get into the church on a Sunday morning. People's lives being changed and, and, and miracles happening in the church. And I remember giving this word, and I'm like, in my mind, I was like, I got to get out of here somehow. I got to run out of this, this, this room right now, so I won't say anything that's wrong. But I remember God speaking that over the church and saying that a big revival is going to come to this church. And I will always speak. If you watch anything I ever did, I always speak like something's coming, something's coming, something's coming, something's coming. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it looked like until God bring remembrance and remember what I told you. And when I was doing this work, I would say, I'm bringing a harvest now. And in my mind, I started like... Uh, uh, Kind of like figure, trying to figure it out. Like, well, what about this? How do we do this program? And God said, don't worry about all that stuff. People just come in and hear about Jesus. They're not coming to be indoctrinated. not coming to see how your rules are. They're not coming to see um, how I do things. They're, like, they're just coming to hear about Jesus' love. Someone told them. Somebody watched them on TV. I know a lot of times we don't like televangelists and stuff like that. But you know how many people are home watching TV? You know how many people that sin and go to bars and stuff like that? And they're watching Joe Osteen and all this stuff like that? It's crazy. People out there receive, you know, are watching this, but they're getting little seeds somehow about Jesus. Jesus. This, who's this Jesus I'm talking about? Who's this, who's this person that I'm hearing about? And God said, I'm going to begin to send them to our way. And we're found faithful, faithful to go do the, the work of the Lord. I know many of us are scared when it comes to business. When, I, when, I, I was, when I'm taking, I, I spoke to you the other day about this, how I'm taking over the young people. And the Lord started speaking to me about how the God's going to do a revival in that. So in my mind, I started to prepare for the bigger scheme rather than the smaller, smaller things to do. 
I was preparing for the big thing because God was telling me so many kids are about to come in. So many things. That I, so I did, So me, I hear that. The first thing I do is start preparing for a, a grander scale. But God said, I don't want, I'm not, I'm bringing in a crowd to you guys. But God said, I don't, I don't, I don't expect you to have all the answers right off the bat. What I expect you to do is to do the little things. To build relationships. To connect them to Jesus. To show them who Jesus is and show them how he works and just show them how much he loves them. That's all, that's all God is requiring of us today. When he brings them in, he brings people your way. He just wants you to tell them about Jesus. To tell them what he did in your life. So tell them what he's gonna, he could do for them in their lives. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read a quote. This is from, I don't know how you feel about presidents and stuff, but this is a Barack Obama quote. It says, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. For so many years, I was waiting for, always for somebody else to do the work. How come this is don't happen? Why somebody should come do this? Why does this happen like that? Why somebody should come do that thing over there? You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have complaints like that. Man, something needs to happen over here. Yeah, because it's you. Because you need to step up your game. You need to take authority. You need to take the skills that God has given to you. And you need to put yourself in that place to do the, the work that God has for you. It's not other people outside. It's you and me. God's calling people here. God's calling people in your life. That means you have some gifting or some talent or some ability that God can use for his kingdom. We're not waiting for someone else. How many times we wait for change and change and change and nothing happens? Why don't you be the change that the world is looking for? You hear it in your jobs all the time. It's like it gets so sickening sometimes. Like you hear so much of what the world is. Sometimes it, it almost gets you to a point that you almost compromise. Well, don't say that because you don't want to offend somebody or you know, don't say this because you're offended. But you can't say nothing anymore, right? Everybody's offended with everything. But I'm, I'm a big-time offender. So I was in the world, and, and I am in the church. And sometimes I say things I should not say, and I'm learning. God is teaching me. He's building me. But sometimes the truth is the truth. And we need to get ready for what God is about to do in your life. I'm going to change it now from souls to something else. How many people have been waiting for a uh, 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 healing in their bodies or uh, uh, waiting for some sickness and things that are going on? God said, I'm about to bring a harvest to your situation. We got friends in church that are sick and people that are wounded and they love God. And say, Lord, when are you going to come through? God said, I'm going to bring a harvest to the church. It was Jesus that had compassion. He was moving compassion and healed the sick and did all these things. God said, I want you to have the same compassion over the loss. I want you to have the same compassion over the church. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I want you to have those things in your life. God hasn't forgotten what you asked for. God hasn't got to a point where, uh, where he forgot about you. It was just times when we were planting seeds all this time. God was planting seeds in us. People were planting seeds in our hearts. We were planting seeds in other people's hearts. It just wasn't a season at that time to reap. But now is the season to reap. God is going to open doors for you to put you in situations that you've never been in before. Or you've been hoping for and, and never experienced. I thought youth ministry was out for me. It was just, this is not something I'm called to do. I'm called to minister to adults. <laughs> just, that was my version of it. I'm just calling to minister to adults and preach to, to other people. But I didn't, I didn't realize that God was going to open a door to a promise that he made to me years ago. God has promises for you that he's about to answer for you. 
And I say, I, I'm, I'm up here, and I'm not saying because Jesus, there's a timing in Jesus, and he does things his perfect way. God does things a perfect way. But I'm saying for me and the responsibility that I was supposed to do, I apologize for that. I apologize I didn't give you hope quick enough. I apologize I didn't give you hope quick enough when it came to young people. Because I sat behind and watching and watching and never, and never stood up and had faith enough to say, you know what, Lord, I, I feel like I'm called to this ministry. How many things that you guys are sitting back on and lives are in the balance? How many people are waiting to hear the word of God from you and you haven't opened your mouth yet? If you're afraid, ask God to give, take away that fear. God will give you a spirit of fear, a power, love, and a sound mind. We need to have full confidence that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do. He's not going to tell us to do something that's not going to happen. I'm not going to go preach, preach this message and, and I don't believe that God's going to do it. I've got to believe he's going to do this. Oh, I'm just wasting my time. Right? I'm going to um, I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up. It's actually short. Don't worry about it. I'm going to prophesy over you guys today because I feel like God has a word for us today. And I'm not saying it to be weird or super spiritual. I'm going to speak something in your life that I can't take back. I'm going to speak something in life that you can't take back. I think the season of being malnourished is, is over. We have too many Christians that are bulimic. And every time you get the word or every time you get some encouragement, every time you get some building, you go to the bathroom and throw it up. Is that bulimia when you throw it up like that? Right? Yeah, it is, right? I watch all those teen movies. They always do that. We throw it up. We don't, we, we don't hold it inside anymore. But I'm prophesying over you today to let you know that you are good ground. And for what God wants to do in your life, it's going to stick. You're not going to be able to take it out of you. It's going to be in your mind. You're going to start getting revelations on what to do. You're going to get encouraged to speak life into people. Some of you have decisions to make. And I pray that God will give you clarity in every decision you have to make. When it comes to ministry. When it comes to your jobs. When it comes to friends. When it comes to family. When it comes to your finances. I speak that God will give you clear understanding of what to do. You're not flying on this alone. You're not flying this thing blind. You have not reaped. You're going to reap what you have not sowed before. Somebody else did the work. And I want to encourage you not to be, let's not get prideful. I'm going to be real. I'm speaking in faith. I'm speaking like that song we saw. We're speaking from a place of victory. We're seeing it from a place of victory. Don't get cocky and don't get prideful when God is doing great things with you and all these miracles that happen and stuff like that. Don't lose. Don't lose your place. This is just a promise of what God says he's going to do in this church. It's a promise of what he's going to do in your life. The harvest, the ones who harvest always get the glory sometimes. Oh man, look what that church is doing. Look at the great things that are happening there. But it took two to make that happen. It took the ones who were sowing. It took the Holy Spirit. And it takes you in order to see a harvest come to pass. The fruit is right out there. But the laborers are a few. I ask that you will make a decision today. To say yes to Jesus. And yes to labor alongside each other. And alongside the Holy Spirit. To see all these people that you'd be like, there is no way this guy or this girl is getting Jesus. And know that when you go forward, that is the season and the time to bring them in. Amen? So I'm just going to pray over you real quick as they worship.
Can we all stand? Before I pray, I'm just going to say, it is your season to reap a harvest. It's our turn to gather where others sowed. It's our turn to take on the mantle and bring the lost and teach, and teach them. It's our turn. It's Sanctuary Fellowship's turn. It's our turn. You watch outside and see many things happen and many churches do great things. God says, our turn. And we're not going to pass that up. We're not going to give that to someone else to do. We're not going to give that to another neighborhood church to do. It's our responsibility and we're going to take it. We're going to take control of that. We're going to reap it, a, a, a wonderful harvest of souls. You're going to reap the good things God has for you as well. Amen. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for being here right now. I thank you for challenging us today, Lord God. I thank you for encouraging us, Lord God, even in our dry seasons, Father God, just like that stick tree, Lord God. You bring life to it, Father God. And I thank you for bringing life to your people right now in the name of Jesus. Where it was dry, Father God, I pray the rivers of living water that dwell inside of us will begin to nourish us, Father God. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, who are, those who are bitter and sorrowful for all the times they trusted or they felt like they trusted and it didn't come through or it didn't happen, Lord God. I pray that they would know today, Lord, it, wasn't just, it just wasn't the season for it. It wasn't the season for that husband. It wasn't the season for that wife. It wasn't the season for that position or that home, Father God. It wasn't the season for that person that they poured into, Father God. But I thank you, Lord God, you speak over your people and say it's harvest, it's harvest time, Lord God. And as we go forward, Lord, in you, Father, and renewed in our strength and renewed in our hearts and renewed in our minds, Father God. Renewed in our speech and our talk, Lord God. That you would use us, Father God, in a mighty way to bring in this harvest, Lord God. I take away all fear right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Any doubt or any hopelessness, Lord God, that your people have. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would engage them right now in the name of Jesus. Let them know, Father God, that it's their season, Lord God. As a, not only as an individual, Lord God, but as a corporate body, Father God, it is the season, Lord God. And the stage is being set, Lord God, for your return. The stage is being set. We see the negative things in the world, but Father God, we don't see the positive things. And I pray you use sanctuary fellowship in this street, Father God, in this neighborhood, Lord God. To be the middle between, between life and death, Father God. To be the answer, Lord God, for those who are lost and depressed and confused, Lord God. Those who are religious, Lord God. Those who are, we see this community, Father God. All the people in this community, Father, I pray you will let us be a beacon of light in this neighborhood, Lord God. Give us compassion, Lord God, for the lost. Give us compassion for the criminals, Lord God, and the sinners, Lord God. Give us compassion for each other, Jesus. And Lord, just like John the Baptist, Lord, we'll prepare the way for you, Jesus. We'll say yes to you, Lord. No matter the cost, Lord God, no matter the situation, no matter the time that we have to take, Lord. No matter the sacrifices, Lord God, I pray that we will be wise, Lord God, and you will speak to our hearts and we will follow you, Lord God. And listen, in order to prepare the way, Lord God, for your coming, to prepare this world and prepare people for your coming, Lord God. We honor you and we thank you, Lord God, for choosing us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for looking at our hearts and seeing, Lord God, the tree that's going to be birthed many fruits, Lord God, in this place. 
We thank you, Lord God, that everything we did was not in vain, Lord God. Everything is all for your good, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that in this season, Lord God, we will reap our harvest in the name of Jesus, Lord.
that cannot be hidden. I'm going to say that one more time. Church, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And you are like a city that's been set atop a hill that cannot be hidden. I want you to know that today in 2019, you are serving in the most powerful, the most miraculous time in the state of the church that has ever been. Media, social media, political agendas, screenwriting, TV scripts, are trying to disillusion us through the antichrist spirit to make us really truly believe that we are in the most weakened state. There's been a disillusionment upon the body of Christ. There's been a spirit that's trying to come in to deceive the children of God that we ought to be embarrassed and hang our head low like as if we are set up to be the mockery of the world. But I want to tell you today that you are the light of the world. That you are a city set upon a hill. I want you to know that you are living in the days of grace. Grace that is so unleashed in miracles and power that are being given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit to do exploits for the Spirit of God so that many souls would come to Christ. I want you to know today that your salt has not dulled. I want you to know today that the gates of hell shall never prevail against the church or the work that the Holy Spirit has called us into. My husband is talking about a great harvest. There is a harvest of souls that is ready for the taking. There is a harvest of souls that I know I've been praying for. And when I look in this house and when I look upon the people and the servants and the ministry leaders and the pastors and the children and the teenagers and the husbands and the wives and the young adults, I look upon a generation who's been raised up in faith to go forth into the world and to take the harvest for the kingdom of God. I tell you this morning that you have been been given keys to the kingdom of God. You have been given keys. You have authority in your hands to bind on earth and to loose in heaven. You have been given authority to be able to heal the sick, to be able to cause the dead to be raised. You have been given authority to see souls be snatched from the pit of hell. And I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved so that I could warm up a pew. I didn't get saved so that I could sit nice and cozy. I didn't get saved so that my life wouldn't have purpose. I got saved and I got washed by the blood of Jesus so that I might see a reaping of souls in the earth. I tell you, and I tell you this with every prophetic utterance that lies within me, that one day the sky is going to crack and we are going to see the Son of God return into the earth and he's going to take with him all those who believe in his name, all those who've been washed by the blood, all those who've been put their trust and their hope in the Savior of the living God. And I tell you today, church, we are the greatest.
greatest religious entity here on this side of heaven and I don't care what the devil has made you believe and I don't care what kind of disillusionment you've been under I'm calling you today even every every life under the sound of my voice you are being called today to do something greater than what you could have ever imagined I tell you you're gonna come to the day where you stand face to face before the Lord and you're gonna see a trail of people you're gonna see a line a line that's gonna wrap around heaven and they're gonna look up and they're gonna say it's because of her that I'm here it's because of him that I'm here I didn't go to hell because she preached the gospel to me I didn't go to spend eternity in a pit of fire because she decided that she was gonna lay down her life for the sake of the gospel and she was gonna give herself over into everything that God had for her and she decided that she was gonna live her days out for the Lord and because of you because of you generations are going to be saved children's lives are going to be redeemed there is going to be healing in the hearts of those who are broken in the world we are living in some chaotic days but the Bible says that where sin abounds much more grace abounds so I call you church to remind you that church you are the light of the world you are a city set atop on a hill that cannot be hidden you are the salt of the earth and I prophesy to you now that a great harvest is coming to this house get ready because a great harvest is coming to the house we are going to reap where we did not sow we are going to reap where we did not sow we are going to reap where we did not sow and this thing will be unto the glory of God and if you believe that why don't you lift your hands to heaven this morning why don't you just give him a shout of praise because he is worthy because he is good because he is faithful because he is our soon coming king and we give you glory and we give you glory and we give you glory jesus oh we give you glory oh we give you glory oh we give you glory souls 
are being removed right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that every deceptive spirit that comes from the pit of hell, every devilish and demonic sort of infiltration that's tried to seep in to the recesses of the heart of the people of God within the church, I declare that this spirit has no victory. I command it to go back to the pit of hell from where it first came. And I declare today that your people are revived in the spirit, that there's a revival happening in the hearts of your people, oh God, today that there's an awakening like has never been in the hearts of your people. I declare that those in here are going to lay down their lives for the call, that they're going to count the cost and they're going to count it all joy. I thank you for the grace that's over the servants of God in this house. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the joy in the ministry joy in the ministry, joy in the ministry, strength in the ministry, grace in the ministry, hope in the ministry, hope in the pastors, strength to the pastors, to the leaders of this house. In Jesus' name, I command that every demonic idea that's tried to make our leaders and our pastors believe that this thing was for nothing, I command it to go back down to the pit of hell from where it first came. And I declare that every seed that's been will reap a harvest in this season. I thank you, Holy Spirit, because it is not by our might and it is not by human ability. But when you bring these things to pass, we will continue to stand in wonder and in awe of what you are able to do. And all God's people said, Amen.